Ashley Bartley, Nyan Palmer's book in her Long Tall Section series, book 41, called Merciless. And it's, it's one of my favorites. Dangerous was one of my favorites. Tough to Tame is one of my favorites. Heart of Stone is one of my favorites. Well, this is one of my favorites, too. So here it is. Ashley Brock Green Dying, Palmer's Work, Merciless, Chapter 1. The attractive blonde sitting on the chair beside John Blackhawk's desk in the San Antonio FBI office was, an, was as irritating as most of the prospective brides his well-meaning mother threw at his head. He was impatient. And half out of humor already, with testimony on an upcoming court case awaiting him, this woman's fascination with the latest trend in hairstyles was leading him to think of bars, and he never took a drink. Saint mine was done by Mrs. Mr. James at Shenanigans, he continued, indicating her haircut, which looked quite frankly as if someone had put her head in a blender. He bit his tongue, trying not to make a comment out loud. He could do wonders for you, that long hair is so retro. There was a perfunctionary knock at the door, and his administrative assistant, Jocelyn Perry, stuck her head in the door. Excuse me, Mr. Blackhawk, but you're doing court in ten minutes. He nodded, forcing himself not to dance on the desk with glee. It would have been totally out of character, but the past thirty minutes of fashion information had left him feeling brainless. He got his... It was good to see you, Charlene. Please give my love to my mother when you see her. I'll be seeing her tonight, since we're going to the theater together. It's a production of that romantic comedy that Shakespeare wrote in a modern setting. Your mother has three tickets to it, she added with a hopeful smile. He cleared his throat and tried desperately to think of an excuse. Jocelyn, her blue eyes twinkling, interjected. Jocelyn, her blue eyes twinkling, interjected. There's that meeting with your informer tonight at 7. She lied. Oh, oh yes, thank you. He said, try not to sound as relieved as built. Another time, perhaps, he told Charlene. She shrugged. I suppose your job requires you to do things at all times, she said. You won't think about another profession, she said with a thoughtful frown. I mean, if you get married, you won't have time for these evening job-related thingies. His black eyes went, I have no plans to get married. <laughs> she gave him an odd look. Your mother said you were ready to start a family, she said blandly. The glare dog, my mother has plans of her own. They are not mine. He added firmly. Charlene gave him a charming smile and touched the sleeve of his gray suit jacket with a well-manicured hand. Well, most men don't want to marry and have a family until they realize how nice it is. He didn't bend an inch. Charlie's eye. Rain wasn't built in a day, she ventured. It was, however, sacked by Charles V and his forces in one of the most violent attacks in military history. Jocelyn said with a sigh, The Pope was forced to flee for his life. Her blue eyes went dreamy in their frame with short, straight black hair just covered her small ears. Charles V was the father-in-law of Mary Tudor, who was the... Sister of Elizabeth I, Mary was in her thirties, and Philip II was in his twenties when they were married. It was a very strange match, but royalty in the sixteenth century was somewhat different in attitude. To smile, do you study history? She asked Charlene. Ugh, Charlene said, and suddenly shuddered dramatically. What a sick and horrible subject! Oh, dead people! Jocelyn's eyebrows arched. The past determines the future, 
She said, For instance, did you know that in the 17th century America, women were accused of witchcraft and hanged for any sort of misbehavior? She cried, That blouse you're wearing would have landed you in the river of Massachusetts in no time flat. You see, there was a common belief that only witches floated when thrown into bodies of water. She added helpfully. She smiled again. Charlene gave her a blink. This is the latest fashion, she pointed out. She glared at Jocelyn's neat black skirt, small heeled black shoes, and her blue button-up blouse. You must have been jailed for having such a hopeful fashion since, she countered with it. No, no. They didn't jail people for that, Jocelyn replied smoothly. They put them in stocks. But not for being considerably jest, she cocked her head again. However, women who've cheated on their husbands were branded with a large letter A. Charlene cleared her throat and glared even more. I am separated from my husband, and we are in the process of a divorce. Really? Justin asked her wife. Well, isn't it lucky this is the 21st century? She asked. I did not cheat on him, Charlene raged. Justin's blue eyes were in his. I never insinuated such a thing. Charlie's Charlene's face flushed. Beside her slender hips, against the expensive fabric of her slacks, her manicured hands were clenched. The gentleman in question and I were merely having supper together after the theater. It was all lies. I'm certain that it was, Jocelyn said with a bland smile. John had been enjoying the repertoire, but he quickly clicked himself. Miss Barry, aren't you working on a case? He asked deliberately. She blinked. A uh, case, sir? She asked. Follow-up interviews in my kidnap court case. The court case, right. But she didn't leave. Charlene was so, so, was more irritated than ever. She grabbed her first. I see that's an inconvenient time for us to talk, she told John. She went close to him. The bell put him in. It perfume that made him cough. I'll talk to you again later in a more personal environment, okay? <clears throat> he cleared his throat. He wished to goodness that she just leave. KK, he said using a gamer's abbreviation for OK. She glad up. Those abbreviations are silly. You play those stupid video games too, like your brother, don't you? She demanded. Well, that's another thing you'll have to work on. No woman is going to tolerate a man who games in every three minutes. Unless she's a gamer too, Jocelyn said, smiling sweet. So many of us women are these days. John gaped at her. Charlene. Glared at her. It figures, she said curtly. Jocelyn kept smiling. She stared importantly at the other woman's hair. My goodness, did your head get caught in a blender or something? John coughed enthusiastically, trying to conceal laughter. I'll have you know, I paid a hundred dollars for this styling cut. Charlene raged. Jocelyn held on. Please lower your voice, ma'am. She urged. This is a federal office. No verbal outbursts are allowed. Charlene glanced from one of them to the other with exasperation. I will never come here again. I'll see you at Kami's house when you have time for civilized conversation, she said hotly. John didn't answer. Jocelyn importantly held the door open and smiled vacantly. Have a nice day, she told the departing woman. Charlene was muttering to herself as she reached the outer office. John let out a laugh. He'd been constantly. That was rude, he told Jocelyn. She gave him a blank stare. What is it? Was it really? She glanced toward the door. Should I call her back and apologize? She asked innocently. You do, and you really are fired. He threatened. She sure. Jobs aren't that hard to get for a woman who knows how to type and give free video game advice. She said she smiled. He went in. Go work on that brief. What meeting do I have with an informer tonight? He added with a frown. I can arrange one if you like. He let out a rough laugh and went back around and sat at the desk. Cammy's driving me nuts with these prospected brides. He muttered. I don't want to get married. He added firmly and glared at Jocelyn in the doorway. 
She held up both hands. Don't look at me. I don't want to get married either. So if you were thinking of asking me, she added outrageously with a hot look. Don't bother. My son would be devastated if we have to try to fit a third person into our Super Mario battles. She had a name in one of the more popular games. No worries there. I like military scene games. In that MMORPG you play with your brother, she told him, referring to Federal Agent McHugh and Killraven, massively multiplayer online role-playing game. He translates well. I never would have suspected you of being a closet gamer. She sighed. Me, either, but Marky loves them. Her son, she had never married, but she'd been going out with a soldier who shipped out to the Middle East and never came back. It had surprised John that she'd had a child out of wedlock when she was such a conservative religious person. She never spoke of the child's father and rarely of the child. She kept her personal life as private as John kept his own. Jocelyn was aware of his curiosity about her. He was dishy. She thought staring at him unconsciously with that long, thick black hair and a ponytail down his back in that tall, lean, elegant physique. Woman found him attractive, but he was standoffish. Gossip was that he never had a woman in his life. Both he and his brother were uh, arch-conservatives in just about everything, and neither of them had ever been known for Letitia's living. Jocelyn put the thought out of her mind. She knew things about him that others didn't. In the five years she'd been working with the office, watching him work in the field office, violent crime squad, she often held her breath when he went to work on the kidnapping cases that were his specialty. He had a special interest in human trafficking, particularly of children. He was a bulldog when he was working a case. It was one of many things Jocelyn admired about him. Jocelyn wondered what John thought of her. Morals, knowing that she had a son and no husband, Marky had been a surprise, a shock, really. He was the one beautiful thing in her world, but news of his existence had not been good news at the time. She had told everyone that his father had been a good friend, home only from the military and on the outs with a longtime girlfriend who dumped him. Jocelyn had commiserated with him. They frequently went out together in a platonic way, but that night they both had too much to drink. That was his story, but it wasn't quite true. Jocelyn had been unsettled and uncertain about going through with the pregnancy at all. There were so many times why, so many reasons why she should have ended it, but her love for the child's father, who would never know about him, made it impossible to go to a clinic. Such a dangerous, explosive secret, she kept. I said, John repeated Do you have the case files downloaded into my notebook computer for the court appearance? She'd be like, sorry, what court appearance? He said, the one you said I was going to be late for, the Rodriguez child abduction case. I thought it was next week. It is next week. He told him with personal decisions. Just as well, he replied. Another five minutes of discussion on new hairstyles, and I think I'd have gone to the window and jumped out. She gave him a man look. We're on the first floor, she reminded him. I meant I'd have jumped out and hit the ground running in a minute. Isn't that what Detective Sergeant Rick Marquis did when a thief stole his laptop? And he got a citation for indecent exposure because he didn't put on any clothes when he went after the man? She shook her. I understand the police department is still riding him high about it. He chuckled. Marquis is a conundrum. He'll make Lieutenant one name one day mark my words. I believe it. The phone rang. She smiled, went out, and closed the door. Next morning, Jocelyn was almost half an hour late for work. When she came in, there were dark circles under her eyes and stress lines in her young face. She was only 26, but she looked much older. She put a purse in her drawer and looked up as John appeared impatiently in his doorway. Sorry, sir, she said to some dude. I overslept. This is black eyes. I haven't said much about it, but this is happening pretty often lately. She flushed. I realize that. 
I'm very sorry. She was constituent. She wouldn't do manual tasks like bringing coffee, but she was the most competent paralegal he'd ever know. She did her job. She never goofed off, and she did whatever the work required, even later, even staying late without pay if it come down to it. It wasn't like her to party, so if she overslept, it had to be for another reason. Can't stand in front of her at the desk. What's wrong, Jocelyn? He asked in a tone so gentle that tears stung her eyes. She made her lip to contain them. Personal problems, sir, she said huskily. She held up a hand when he started. I can't discuss them. I'm sorry. I'll try very hard to be on time from now on. He wondered if her problem was a new man in her life. He didn't like that thought. Then he was surprised that he was thinking it. Jocelyn was his assistant. Her private life was none of his business, except that they'd been together for several years, and he was concerned about her. If you need help, he began. She smiled simply. Thank you, sir, but I managed very well. What do I have on the agenda for today? He asked and cleared the way for business. He was getting ready to leave for lunch when his brother, McHugh and Kilraven, when Jocelyn came to the doorway. She wasn't smiling. What's up? He asked. Me. They cut Harold Monroe loose this morning. He rolled aside. Is my life insurance policy current? He's She shook her head. It isn't funny. I mean, Monroe manages to fumble everything he does, but he did attack a policeman with a bowie knife when you had him arrested. It was ironic that another man who made terrible threats to John earlier in the year had died of a heart attack in prison the day before he was due to be released. Jocelyn had thought her boss was safe and had breathed a sigh of relief, but it didn't last. A few days later, Monroe was arrested for human trafficking and charged and swore vengeance against the people who had landed him in jail, including John. Monroe came at the policeman with a bowie knife, tripped on the carpet, went head over heels, and stuck the knife in his own leg. He reminded her with twinkling black eyes. Then he tried to have the policemen prosecuted for assault. I understand some of the people in our legal system are still chuckling over that, she agreed. But even people who fumble sometimes manage to follow through on threats. He waved a hand at me. If, it, if he ever kills me, you can stand over my grave and say he told me so. I'm sure I'll hear you from wherever I am. She didn't like that thought. She heard her Anyway, the district attorney's office thought you should be aware of Monroe's parole status. I'm very grateful. You can pass it along to Mary Crawford at your leisure. She agreed. Mary's one of their ablest assistant DAs and would probably win the big office one day. John was reading her thoughts. Even if she gets to be the DA, you aren't going to work for her. He said, I'm too old. Start breaking in new employees. The one we've got part-time is twisting my nerves raw. <laughs> Phyllis Hicks is a nice girl, Jocelyn protested, just because she messed up one deposition. Messed it up, the woman can't even spell. The spell checker was malfunctioning, she said to me, Jocelyn, she's in college part-time. They're supposed to teach you basic grammar in school before you even get to college, aren't they? He threw up his hand. Every time I go online, I see people using the correction for it is for the proposition possessive form, using there for there, giving personal pronouns for inanimate objects. She held up a hand. Sir, we can't all be brilliantly literate, and there is this spell checker function on all modern computers. You let her. Civilization will fall. You mark my words. People can't spell. It's just a short jump to not being able to read instructions at all. Havoc will ensue. Who's this pet peeve? She just shook her head. Havoc can't result from not reading instructions. Wait until some idiot strikes a match next to an oxygen tank and tell me that again. Sure, hi, Brian. There was this guy on the Miami Vice TV series. I have it on DVD, who walked into an illegal drug processing operation with a lit cigarette and blew up the whole building. Don't tell me. You still watch the A-Team, too. He rolled his eyes. 
They have to knock out B.A., Mr. T's character, every time they flew somewhere because he was terrified of airplanes. He chuckled. There are all sorts of programs on television. Yes, how wonderful for people who can afford cable or satellite reception. He sighed dreamily. It's wonderful to have a TV player, even if it is old. He was shocked. He never inquired about her finances, but now he took a closer look at her. Her clothing seemed serviceable, but quite old. Not that he cared much about women's fashion, but... What she was wearing seemed several years out of date. Her shoes were nicely polished, but worn and scuffed. She blushed when she noticed his indenture. There's nothing wrong with dressing conservatively, she muttered. He's eyebrow. God forbid they should put you in stocks, he commented. We don't live in Massachusetts, and we aren't mucking about in the 17th century, she pointed out. Point taken, he said. It's my brother going to pick me up for lunch. She put a finger to her forehead and closed her eyes. I see a black SUV pulling out in the parking lot as we speak. She opened one eye and looked past him out the window, threw up his hands, walked out the door. Jocelyn grinned to herself. She widened him up. She did it often. He was far too somber. He needed to loosen up a little, stop taking life too seriously. Then she thought about her own situation inside. It was just as well that she had a sense of humor, or she'd be dead in herself. Her life was no better roses. However, it was just as well to smile as to cry. Neither would change anything. You're out of sorts again. Kilraven mused. I and the brother who resembled him so much. Well, they had the same hair color, but Kilraven kept his hair short. John's eyes were very dark, while Kilraven's were pale gray and glittering. They were half-brothers, but that didn't stop them from being close. <laughs> Cammy's getting on my nerves, John said tearfully. It was another ditzy debutante yesterday morning. Had a half an hour on fashion and hairstyles. Kilraven glanced at him as he pulled him you could use a little fashion sense. No offense. He chuckled. I dress quite well, thank you. John said, referring to his three-piece watered gray silk suit. You're elegant, all right, said Kilraven, dressed in khaki slacks and white polo shirt. But your hair is way out of style. I'm okay, he warned. Nothing wrong with long hair. Your Cherokee, too, came to trouble apply. John said, I like my words in my culture. Kilraven's wife. So do I. John Glenn, you don't show it. I'm defining. I'm not defined by my ancestry. Neither am I, but I've heard the Native American side of it. I wasn't making accusations. The older men said, Look, you've just been out of shape because Cammie wants you to get married yesterday and present her with a dozen grandkids. Aren't you and Winnie working on that? John asked Jolly, referring to Kill Raven's new wife, Winnie Sinclair from Jacksonville. Kill Raven, yes, we are. I can't wait. I'm glad you can finally let go of the past, John said affectionately. Kill Raven's wife and child had been brutally murdered seven years ago. He never dreamed that his older brother would ever get married again. Delighted them to have Kill Raven had found such a kind and loving partner. You ever going to get married? John Crimmers. Not to any Cammy's idiot candidates. He laughed. This one wasn't from an escort service. I don't know. He presumes. I need to have Jocelyn run a background check on her just to see. That's illegal. Illegal, unless she's plowed for a job with the Bureau. John Lever and I, aren't you as dealer for the rules when you're notorious for breaking them? Hey, we all mature. Some of us just do it later than others. Pfft, true. Have you bought the new Halo game? I bought it a long time ago, but it's still sitting on the shelf at home. You and World of Worldcraft killed Raven's side chicken set. My young brother-in-law, Matt, is crazy for it. When he's not in school, he's online. 
grouping with other people to kill a monster. His lady's friend is a 64-year-old grandmother of three. They do dungeons together. John Whistle. Does she know his age? Oh, yes. And he also plays with a group from a nursing home. They all have internet connection, and most of them play well. If they're so entertainment now since their physical handicap and can't socialize with the world at large, he's my, you know, that's not a bad thing. He keeps their hand-and-eye coordination going and gives them a window into the world, whole world. I know I play too, was Matt's wild gamer handle. One of his tunes is an 80 level death knight named Kiss of Death. Kill Raven said, John's eyes. That's Matt. I've been doing random dungeons with him. He tanks and I hail with my druid. I'll have to tell him. He'll roll on the floor laughing. Don't you dare, John Wayne. Now that I know who it is, I'll ride him high. Kill Raven pulled in the parking lot of a local Mexican restaurant. Turn off the vehicle. Look, John. They cut hair with Monroe loose. He said, well, don't you start, Jocelyn told me already. She's worried, too. Listen. He said, well, faint exasperate. The guy is a total idiot. Can't even walk and chew gum at the same time. He's had his fingers in every legal pie in San Antonio for years. He's been accused of petty theft, running a gambling operation, not to mention houses of prostitution, and now this latest charge, pimping immigrant girls. He sleezed out of the other charges, but you and Jocelyn tracked down witnesses to have him prosecuted for kidnapping the ten daughter of an illegal immigrant for a local brothel. They will remain sick family. He swore that he'd have the case dropped and he'd even get even if he ever got out. He's been in jail for three months waiting trial and he's already spent more time in solitary confinement than any other prisoner they've got. Which only proves that he gets caught every, every time. That won't do you much good if he gets caught. If he gets caught after he's off you. Kill away from mine. I'm straight smart, Johnson. I have built-in radar when it comes to possible ambush. You should remember that I've never had a speeding ticket. The speech you travel, I'm still made stronger. I always know where they're hiding to catch people. That was true, and I dumbfounded a killer even the first time John told him to slow down because there was a Department of Public Safety car sitting under a bridge over the next hill. Killer Raven had to slap, but he slowed down. Sure enough, when they topped the hill, there was the car back under a bridge, out of sight. Some ability, and you're a cop. Kill Raven keeps John Shaw. It wouldn't do for a senior FBI agent to be caught for speeding in his own jurisdiction. He said, You shouldn't be speeding in the first place. Kill Raven. Everybody speeds. I just don't get caught. There will come a day, his brother predicted. When it does, I'll pay the fine, John. Are we going to eat or talk? Kill Raven popped the seatbelt and opened the door. Okay, hide your head in the sand about Monroe, but please keep your doors locked at night. Be aware of your surroundings when you're working late. You're worse than Cammy. I am not. Kill Raven said only. I haven't sent one single unattached woman to your office for nefarious purposes. I guess you haven't. They walked toward the restaurant. I don't suppose you've ever noticed what's right under your nose. What do you mean? Jocelyn, she's a fine young woman, needs a helping hand with her fashion sense, but she's intelligent, quick thinking. You just like her because she knows 16th century Scottish history. John accused because the subject was his brother's passion. She knows European history as well, and 17th century American history. Yes, yeah, she was sprouting it to Cammy's Kennedy yesterday. She tied her up in knots. The woman was going on and on about fashion, and Jocelyn cut her off at the ankles with historical references to dress coats. Told you she was smart. She is smart. But I don't want to get married. Not for years yet. I'm just 13. 
Almost 31, little brother. Covering sufficiently. And you really don't know what you're missing. If I don't know, I can't miss it. Now let's get something to eat. He said quickly cutting the other man off. Go Raymond chuckled as he followed him into the restaurant. Chad had actually taken him to hospital on a date once some years back. That had been a strange aftermath, including a hospital visit and some threats of legal charges. John never spoke of it. He kept secrets, but so did his brother. No doubt he didn't like remembering that his drink had been spiked right under his nose. End of chapter 1.